lot of different places and uh, completely different views of the breaking news on Paul Manafort yesterday, the former campaign chairman for Donald Trump. Um, apparently, you lie. The story is that he was not telling the truth as part of his plea deal. He's trying to avoid dying in prison, so he tr- he made a deal with Robert. Me too. <laughs> he made a deal with Robert Mueller, apparently, and uh, and then didn't tell the truth. That's what Robert Mueller's claiming. Manafort's people deny this. But anyway. Right. So what that means, I don't know. Uh, Fox seemed to think it was good news for Trump. That sounds that way to me just because now you can't believe anything Manafort says in terms of building a case. But um, the, 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 the left-wing media, the MSNBCs of the world, were going crazy with this Manafort story as it being something huge and so damaging to the president and we're into constitutional crisis territory. Here's what the Guardian is reporting about it. Now, the whole constitutional crisis thing, they they yell it's a constitutional crisis when it rains. Um, the, The story that the Guardian is on is that Manafort met with Julian Assange repeatedly within the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where he's holed up. Um, uh, around the time he joined Trump's campaign, and that's what he lied about. That'd be a pretty big deal. Well, here's the deal. Just, you know, to, to recap the history, if you don't remember it, uh, it, it would appear that Assange was receiving hacked emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign. Um, the the famous, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the, the geek with the glasses and the, uh, the campaign strategy and the friend of Hillary and the, uh, you know, him, the guy who got hacked. Anyway, anybody, somebody? Podesta. Thank you. John Podesta. Joe Podesta. Paul Podesta. You know one thing about aging? Huh? That uh, I know I know various things. Right. And I just wait. I realize that my very slow filing system in my mind is working on it, and I just think, it's going to pop into my head here in a second. Right. There it is. Young people search the website. Old people flip through a Rolodex. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I've got a card catalog in there, and I have to go P. Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, exactly. Where were we? Ah, yes, in the Ecuadorian embassy. (laughs) So John Podesta was allegedly hacked by the Ruskies, who then gave the information to Julian Assange. And allegedly, Paul Manafort, Knowing Assange, or being tipped off, obviously, that Assange had these emails, was meeting with Assange about getting damaging information about Hillary Clinton. Now, that is some dirty, dirty politics, but is it Russian collusion? Really? Especially in a world, and I'll be accused of whataboutism, but I, I think it's relevant. In a world where where Hillary and her lawyers are hiring Christopher Steele to meet with l- Russian spooks, to see if they have any dirt on Trump, I'm supposed to be aghast that Manafort flies to London to meet with Julian Assange because he says he, he's got some John Podesta emails that are damaging. We'll, we'll have plenty of time to hash all this out oh, when the Mueller report comes out. Trust oh, it, me. it's bloody, bloody street fighting politics. But, yeah, so will it be devastating as, uh, uh, as uh, Alan Dershowitz said it would be? Politically. Uh, depends. Not, well, right. not legally. Right, that, just politically. But, so back, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Back to the last 24 hours, though. So um, Mueller's saying that Manafort lied about that. Why would That's Manafort, what's being reported. Why would Manafort lie about that if he had a plea deal? Why not be honest about that? I have no idea. To protect Trump? I mean, is he a loyal guy? I mean, he is. Um, if he's counting on a pardon, I'd do the same thing. I'd protect Trump. I'd lie like a rug. Although he is, um, I'm sorry, that's a terrible thing to say. Kids, your old Uncle Joe is kidding. <laughs> Uncle Joe would tell the truth no matter what happened. <laughs> 
at any at any cost. Um, so anyway, I I don't know. That's uh, that would be my guess. He wants to stay loyal. Listen, Paul Manafort has been involved in in some really questionable international dealings with savage dictators. I'll bet he yeah. he he is not afraid to stick the knife in. He's not afraid to show a pun- throw a punch, and he knows how to keep his mouth shut. Well, he's not afraid to lie. How many times has he had to lie? And how many different situations over his entire adult life to live the life he's lived? I mean, he's lying is part of his lifestyle. So, you know, yeah, not that big a stretch. But so uh, Trump's tweeted about it today. Correct. The story of yesterday. Yes, indeed. And I haven't actually read these yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. The phony witch hunt continues, but Mueller and his gang of angry Dems are only looking at one side, not the other. Wait until it comes out how horribly and viciously they are treating people, ruining lives for them, refusing to lie. Mueller is a conflicted prosecutor gone rogue. Then, the fake news media builds Bob Mueller up as a saint when actually he is the exact opposite. He is doing tremendous damage to our criminal justice system where he is only looking at one side and not the other. Heroes will come out of this, and it won't be Mueller and his terrible gang of angry Democrats. Look at their past and look where they come from. The now $30 million witch hunt continues, and they've got nothing but ruined lives. Where is the server? Let these terrible people go back to the Clinton Foundation and, quote, Justice Department. Oof. Uh, where is the server? Um, Back on Hillary, lock her yeah. up. I, I'm telling you, if this was going to be big, I'd tell you, wow, this is going to be big. Don't profit by, you know, tamping down what's going to be a huge story. Legally, politically, Manafort went and met with Julian Assange to get some emails. That's going to land with a resounding thud. Among the American voters, they're not going to care about that. Well, it will it will be a giant story that the people that already hate Trump care about a lot. I'm just wondering how many votes it changes. That's or what I'm saying. Changes. Well, cable news will go nuts. Trump haters will go nuts. And it will have practically zero effect on anything. That's my prediction. And if I turn out to be wrong, hell, I'll be as amused as I'm not as, sure that uh, there's ashamed. I'm not sure that there's much that could happen in our modern politics that would have an effect. It would take something pretty extraordinary. Oh, yeah. It would have to be really extraordinary. For people to change their sides. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you even if you really soured on Donald Trump and you're a supporter, you're probably still going to vote for him over whoever runs against him. Right. If you turn out. It'll hurt turnout. Mm-hmm. Lack of enthusiasm is deadly. And, and it could cause that. Now we're into 2020 election and we should just punch ourselves in the face. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree completely. <laughs> so, uh, can you? Why don't you play the uh, Tucker Carlson stuff, Sean? I'm sorry, we we both have the the tape. I liked it so much. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick break right now and come back with Tucker. It's funny, he, Tucker Carlson sometimes is completely over the top to me, and sometimes he is smart, sober, reasonable. Concedes the weaknesses of his argument. He's like a college debate champ on his best day. Right. And I thought he was the latter. He was like that yesterday in talking about the border situation. And if you disagree, you think he's wrong, you think I'm wrong, we want to hear from you. Stay with us a couple minutes. We'll play that tape for you. Be right back. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The 
Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, we got a great text from a guy with a Ph.D. in atmospheric science talking about how you cannot go against the prevailing winds, if you'll pardon the expression, um, about climate change. And have a career. Or, or and have a career. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Uh, just real quickly, uh, we're saying The Guardian is reporting that uh, Paul Manafort met with Julian Assange a couple of times and denied it. That was the lie. That'd be a big deal. Manafort denies any involvement. Said I never met with him. And, Julian, uh, and WikiLeaks is saying, no, the two never met. So who knows? There's so much fake news these days. I have no well, idea if it's true. I wouldn't believe anything Manafort says. And... And not because he was Trump's campaign manager. It's just his his history going back is mm-hmm. pretty, he's a slippery character. He's a pretty slippery character. Yeah. I, yeah. I I I well, we've talked about this over and over. I don't think it's going to amount to a hell of a lot. So Tucker Carlson, commentator for Fox News, uh, he's occasionally a little over the top in my opinion, but he came back from vacation last night and he was talking about uh, the politics of the day and some of the big news stories of the day. We'll play a little, pause a little, discuss a little. If you had to boil down the Democratic Party's long-term goals to the most important goals, the first would be this, and it's obvious. The federal government ought to cover the essentials of life for most people. Health care, college, housing, food, in some cases a guaranteed basic income. That's the program the Democrats espouse. Another word for it might be socialism. The party's other long-term goal is the elimination of meaningful restrictions on immigration into this country. Get rid of ICE, accept most refugees, give citizenship to tens of millions of people here illegally. In other words, open borders. So those are the Democrats' main priorities. A massive social welfare state and millions of new citizens from the third world. Nobody is hiding that. We're not making it up. They're saying it out loud. The problem is that those two goals conflict with each other. You can either admit the world's poor into your country or you can give your own people more free stuff. But you can't do both. The math doesn't work. Ellen, Socialism with that? open borders is... There we go. First of all, anything uh, deniable there? Uh, weak reasoning? Overstated, in your opinion? Well, no. And uh, not to get too far off track, but uh, Tucker did have a guest on last night, a woman of the left, of the old left, some people call it, uh, wondering why the Democratic Party has abandoned the idea that illegal immigration is bad for working-class Americans. Right. As espoused by generations of Democrats, Cesar Chavez, and many right. others. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that analysis. It's certainly unsympathetic to the Democratic point of view, but it, I think it, it's solid. Uh, and also, as we pointed out many times, the whole we're a nation of immigrants thing, number one, the immigration was pretty strictly controlled. You had to be healthy. You had to prove you could support yourself and, and all sorts of stuff. But also, there was no welfare state. If you don't have a welfare state, it's a completely different situation. Right, it's a wildly different question. So from there, we proceed. doesn't work. Socialism with open borders is impossible. It has never worked, and it never will work. Anyone who thinks about that for about a minute understands it. So the idea is fatally flawed. The question is, how do you sell a program that can never actually work? Well, you lie about it. You pretend that what's obviously true isn't true at all. And okay, one counterargument that some Democrats might offer. It's been shown by economists that immigration net yields economic growth. And there are some studies that are fairly well thought of that say that, but 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 they say that's after the third generation they become self-supporting and net productive. And there is nobody 
who argues that in the bottom quintile, that just means bottom 20%, I was trying to sound smart, the bottom 20% of workers, their wages suffer from the importation of uneducated, cheap labor. There's nobody who argues that. I don't know how that could not possibly be the case. I mean, just obviously. Which would seem, uh, well, you know, uh, black America, I'm asking you, uh, why are you putting up with this? Is it some sort of bizarre notion of brown loyalty or non-white loyalty? You've got to be with Hondurans because they're not white people? Or I just don't, I honestly don't get the politics of it, but rolling along. You pretend that what's obviously true isn't true at all, and you're evil for thinking otherwise. And of course, that's exactly what they're doing now. Watch DNC spokesman Jim Acosta from earlier this month scold the president for daring to suggest that migrants from the imaginary caravan, should it actually exist, might try to hop the U.S. border. Your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so on. Well, that's true. It poured, it, but they it, weren't actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. They're not going to be doing that, says Democratic flack Jim Acosta. Turns out that's precisely what they're going to be doing and just did over the weekend. American authorities had to shut down the border crossing at San Ysidro, California, right next to San Diego, after about a thousand people tried to rush the crossing. Watch. People yelling, chucking rocks, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what the DNC channels told us was never going to happen. And, of course, it did happen, and it was bad. Mexican riot police and U.S. border agents both came under attack from the mob, which threw rocks at them. With no meaningful wall along the borders, authorities used tear gas to disperse the crowd. Now, there's fairly recent precedent for doing that. In 2013, a group of about 100 people tried to rush the very same border crossing at San Ysidro. American authorities forced them back with pepper spray. Barack Obama was president at the time, and the incident passed with little notice. Just five years later, there's a new president and an entirely different standard. This is the, by the way, this is the story from the San Diego, San Diego Union Tribune, Thanksgiving 2013. A group of about 100 people trying to illegally cross the border Sunday near the San Ysidro port of entry threw rocks and bottles at U.S. Border Patrol agents who responded by using pepper spray and other means to force the crowd back into Mexico. Barack Obama committing an act of illegal chemical warfare against unarmed people. There are probably women and children. It's kind of where, where was that commentary at the time? It didn't exist. And this is just about. God, this is the media trying to manipulate your emotions. It's ridiculous. It's interesting that that didn't get more news coverage. Part of it is because it happened on Thanksgiving Day. It's hard for anything to poke through on Thanksgiving Day. And part of it is because there's n- none of the mainstream media that likes that story at all. They don't like portraying illegals as running at the border and throwing rocks. They don't like portraying Obama as standing up to it. So right. there, there was no air for that story to, to grasp grasp hold at all um i i thought i rarely say this that i wish more people watched cable news because <laughs> that's not generally good for it's America. bad for you <laughs> i wish more people saw that half hour of tucker carlson's show about legal immigration because there was something to like or hate for everyone depending on who you are that woman of the old left the old democratic party who believed that illegal immigration was bad for the working class of america um and tucker and her pointing out that Big corporations want illegal immigration. Since when does the Democratic Party think big corporations are looking out for 
their best interests. Right. But big corporations want illegal immigration. The Wall Street Journal, that that crowd of the Republican Party wants illegal immigration. Since when do Democrats think that's a good thing? Uh, since they decided that the brown vote was theirs as long as they turned a blind eye to illegal immigration. It's a, an utterly cold and intellectual calculation, which they then cloak in all sorts of emotion to try to get you people whipped up. But it's phony. And pointing out, uh, as regularly gets pointed out, that both parties have had complete control of government a couple of times now, fairly recently, and neither has dealt with, for instance, these asylum rules that we have or any of this stuff. Right, or or the uh, DACA recipients or the people who have lived here for 20 years and kept their noses clean. And, you know, what's funny is, judging by the rhetoric of both parties, it doesn't matter that each one had complete control of the government or, or enough control. Because of you know the Senate's weird rules, but they both say the same things. We need to have a comprehensive reform. We need justice for this. We need to secure our borders. But you know the people who've lived here keep their hands clean. The kids who were brought here as kids, you know, blah blah blah. Everybody says roughly the same things. Yet nobody's done anything in either party for decades. Doesn't that render all the posturing a little hollow to you? Sure does to me, my friends. And then we have this ridiculous argument about. The wall and how build, you know, whatever it is, build bridges, not walls. Build bridges, not walls. And uh, how a wall is so awful. And uh, I read a good article yesterday that pointed out of the 2,000 mile border between the United States and Mexico, there's only about a thousand of it that human beings can really get across. There are enough natural barriers that just you couldn't. It's it's either too, uh, you know, uh, steep or arid or whatever to cross there. So there's only a thousand miles you have to worry about. And of that thousand miles, there are already about 400 miles of barrier. Right. Now, if you want to quibble about the difference between a fence and a wall or whatever, I don't know why. That just seems stupid. But we have, in effect, a wall for almost half of the border right. already. And, and and that happened, by the way, during Democrats and Republicans. Right. Um, and what was it a dozen years ago that it was something like in ninety or, or eighty eight to one, right? right. Uh, including virtually every single Democrat voted, yeah, we we need strong, serious physical barriers along a lot of the border. And when everybody voted for it, and when Barack because it's self evident, and when Barack Obama was president, had the House and the Senate and seventy senators, they didn't move on tearing down those barriers, those four hundred miles of barriers. They didn't build any bridges. <laughs> I mean, so they just built walls. Why do we even have these conversations to get you fired up and get you to the polls? There. I've answered it. I still say it's the most frustrating example of how a democracy might not work in that the vast majority of Americans are in agreement on this on this subject. Right. And our government can't act on it. The local example, of course, in California is the stupid, stupid bullet train, which is a regular speed train and will never run, and nobody wants it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the U.S. doubling down at our southern border. Russia and Ukraine facing off. We're going to have an update and say goodbye to office parties. Boy, Ukraine. Oh, God. That story's going to make me unhappy. Ukraine has a border problem. Oh, yeah. Secret Service visited Tom Arnold over the weekend. Did you hear that story? Uh, no. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. A texter making a great point that I should have made and usually do. On what we're talking about, the legal immigration and the um, 
the rebuttal that you often get that, look, there's a net benefit to immigration. As this texture point out, points out, it is true. These studies are about legal immigration. The net benefit you get from legal immigration, it's impossible to have any study about illegal immigration for all kinds of obvious reasons. It's absolutely impossible. And part of it includes the left blocking census questions from even being asked Correct. to try to figure out how many illegals we've got in this country. There's no way you can come up with those numbers. Well, and my, you know, I, I concede those points, but even if there were solid studies of the contribution of illegal aliens and, and their contribution to the the net economy and how it lifts all ships, blah, blah, blah. I've looked at these studies, and they are they're aggregate numbers. They're macro numbers. And, yeah, as a whole, the economy goes better. But all that money flows to the giant employers. It decimates the working class and enriches the Wall Street crowd and the investor class and the money changers. Yes, they want a free flow of incredibly cheap labor. And, yes, their profits grow. But not the janitor, not the auto worker, not the, the, the minimum wage store clerk. Hey, Joe, do I qualify as the investor class? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're okay. the investor class. Excellent. The Positive Sean portfolio well, is You have three figures invested. <laughs> multiple hundreds of dollars at work as we speak. It's called a passive income, guys. <laughs> By the way, this is all before you get to the cultural question of how many people you can assimilate. You know, look at your schools, look at your whatever. Yeah, that's, that's another issue. But let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, just announced the Defense Department is sending 300 more troops to California for border duty. In their statement, the DOD said troops that were deployed to Texas and Arizona have been now shifted to California. These troops will include military police along with engineering and logistics personnel. I think this is mostly about forcing Mexico to do something that looks good for Trump mm-hmm. when they finally boot these people. I love the strategy. Because Tijuana is now getting really agitated, and our correspondent Ian in Tijuana has been feeding us reports. Well, the fact that the mayor of Tijuana said some of the exact same things that Trump gets killed for right. is hilarious Grab to him me. by the... Now, he hasn't said that yet. Uh, but I love the idea that, you know, Mexico is just, they're so enlightened as they, like a traffic cop, uh, you know, waving their arm in a circle. Come on, come on through, come on through. All right, everybody keep moving, keep moving. Oh, we support immigration. Oh, we're super pro. Keep moving, keep moving. But the minute they're stopped at the U.S. border, they're like, what the hell is this? We can't support all these people. These people don't have jobs. They're eating up our social security or social services. A lot of them are secure. criminals. They're, they're criminals. They're overtaxing our, our police. We can't have this. Oh, great. They super. Thanks. Thanks, Tijuana. On another front, Ukraine's government is worried Russia might be getting ready to launch a large-scale ground invasion. Ukrainian president declared martial law in parts of Ukraine a day after Russian ships attacked and seized Ukrainian vessels near the coast of Crimea. The president saying intelligence services have evidence Russia is getting ready for a massive invasion. Now, Armstrong and Getty talked about the Ukraine-Russia standoff with CBS military analyst Mike Lyons, who says Putin's goal... And if he can control those politicians, he actually ends up controlling Ukraine without occupying it. In a perfect world, that's what he wants to do. Plus, if Putin succeeds, it... Extends his 
his, his uh, status back home. He'll be seen as strong by his people without right, having he, to occupy. Which he desperately needs. It's it's the bully stealing the lunch money. He doesn't have to beat up Ukraine. What he's going to do is seize control of that strait that's, that the Ukrainians right. need for shipping. And he's going to say, look, you want to sell any of your boats through here, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And Ukraine's not going to have any choice but to, to acquiesce. So like Mike put it so uh, concisely, he'll control Ukraine without invading. Right. More than 100 scientists are calling the supposed creation of gene-edited babies in China unethical and crazy. Shut oh, up. Yeah. Signed China. Yeah, I came across the scientists. I think we need to get on the air to talk about this, but um, everybody's horrified that somebody actually did this, even though it was inevitable that somebody was going to do it. And, one, and, and as, as, uh, as Joe said, you knew it was going to be China, North Korea, or Russia that did this sort of thing. A scientist responding to the use of technology to edit human embryo genes by a Chinese professor. He supposedly tweaked the DNA of two embryos in order to prevent them from contracting HIV, a feat he achieves, achieved using technology, basically something we've referred to as the CRISPR, CRISPR technology. Right, and he chose, you know, editing genes so you can't get HIV because it sounds so noble. Right. Uh, ultimately, that's not the goal. Because obviously. if you lead, we've edited a baby that can kill any man with one punch. <laughs> right. right. You're right. going to get a different sort of media coverage. Right. Right. We've bred a nine-foot-tall, 700-pound Chinese soldier. With right. an IQ of 150. Right, exactly. An unquestioning loyalty to the party. Yeah, that wouldn't be quite so honorable sounding. Well, it looks like fewer offices are going to be throwing holiday parties this season. According to a new survey, 35% of American companies will not be throwing an office party next month. Wow, Can- this under lawyers are ruining America. Go on. Uh, cancellations this year, not due to the economy, but as Joe was hinting, researchers say it's a response to the Me Too movement. It, it, yeah. where, where do you even start? With well, it's it's about liability of various sorts, but yeah. right, yeah. But where where do you where do you even start with this? There's nobody, well, practically nobody, that thinks this is a good thing. Yet it happens. I mean, there is Mika Brzezinski now, Mika Scarborough on MSNBC, who said, "I hope the day of men and women going out for drinks after work is over." I mean, there are people who look at the world that way. Hey, quick question. Aren't you married to your coworker? <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to. Just, yeah, yeah and you're maybe both I'm cheating missing on your spouses. Then you get married in front of the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Denying the fact that the majority, well, not the majority, but the most common place to meet somebody is at work. So, um, so you can't have a Christmas party. You're not supposed to go out in any sort of social way. I mean, it's just oh, should not enter too much liability, harassment. And how many awful things have happened at Christmas parties that that weren't dealt with properly? I mean, in, in your lifetime of Christmas parties. Yeah, serious. And you know what? One of the aspects of this that bothers me so much, and I despise guys who are rude or exploitive of women or, or overly aggressive. I just think that is so inexcusable. Having said that, one of the aspects of the Me Too movement that bothers me so much is acting like every woman who gets her butt grabbed because everybody's drunk at a party is is just mutilated for life psychologically. There's no coming back from that. Her life is ruined. She is a survivor. She is a victim. She will never be able to function again as an adult. 
I've known a lot of women in my life, and about zero of them were that weak. Now, I'm not talking about serious abuse, repeated harassment, threatening somebody's career. That is ugly and terrible, and, and I have no tolerance for it. But the idea that somebody gets drunk and pats you on the butt, that you can no longer live your life, oh, please. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Ring the bell. I've got so much good stuff that I haven't gotten to from last week. One of them is Louis C.K.'s new girlfriend, who is really into this hashtag Me Too thing, kind of on the other side. She's a big deal in France, talking about what you were just talking about. Interesting. Very controversial. I've raised my daughters to say, essentially, you do that again, I'll put your lights out, and if I'm not big enough to do it, one of my friends here will. That's that's what a strong woman does. Doesn't put up with it. Doesn't fall into a weeping mess because somebody said, wow, you got... You got a nice-looking pair or something. That's just an idiot. Treat idiots like idiots. My, we were at um, my kids. Unless you're eating a really succulent pear, and they just really appreciate the produce that you're enjoying. We were at my kid's school playground last week. He's off school all week long, but he wanted to show me some of the tricks that he could do on the, uh, the monkey bars now. And uh, my youngest made it all the way across the monkey bars and was very excited about it. Wow. But anyway... My son was showing me all the things. We're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do this. And all these things that you're not allowed to do on the playground on the monkey bars, right. which is just amazing to me. And you can't blame the school because they're told, look, we'll drop your insurance policy. If a kid gets hurt doing that, and you'll lose a million dollars. Okay, so I guess we got it. But nobody wants that world. Nobody wants the world where a kid can't use the monkey bars for what they were built for. I was right. looking at those and thinking, these got to be 30, 40 years old. They were designed for what he's not allowed to do. That's right. why they were built in the first place. And every single responsible expert in child development will tell you that oh, taking yeah. chances, oh, yeah. taking risks, uh, gaining confidence, understanding that you're responsible for you is the single most critical component of a child's success. And yet we are suffocating that for fear of liability in this country. Not only is it nuts. Not only is it just less fun to not have a Christmas party or be able to climb on the monkey bars, it's damaging people. Absolutely. It's making everybody crazy. Right. We're all afraid of each other instead of being a team at work. Yeah, so so less hanging out socially and getting to know the spouses of your coworkers. That's got to be good. Unbelievable. And Sean, stop showing me your thong. Stop looking. I I know you're wearing one, all right? Yeah. Stop looking. With your tongue out, comic book style. I don't wear my eyes popping. Like a cartoon wolf. (laughs) I don't wear it for you. I wear it for me. (laughs) Which reminds me, I've been watching the A&E Clinton special. The Lansky thing. i got to talk about that. So many good things. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. that most conservatives and most liberals are fed up with the media, but independents in a New Hampshire focus group assembled by Frank Luntz also see the news business as biased. I don't think the media treats anything fairly. 
I think the media is too skewed left and right, and they don't really see anything in the middle. I will switch channels. I'll do CNN, and then I'll go to Fox, and then I'll go to MSNBC. And you can hear, you can just sense the slant. But that information is helpful. I think the media now has an agenda, whether it is Fox, CNN, whoever. Yeah. You don't think they tell the truth? No, I, I don't think absolutely not. I don't think they consistently tell the truth. That's pretty interesting. They did a focus group of independents, and they feel like the media comes with the stories from a point of view. I would imagine they're mostly talking about cable news. Although you'd be talking about mm. the newspaper industry, but the, you, I think sure. a lot of people get those newspaper stories from the reporter on a cable news show. Could be, but the, the newspapers are the same, and the TV networks are the same. Um, the reason I wanted to play that, one, it happened recently over the weekend, but I thought yesterday was a perfect example of it, uh, as the the Fox coverage of the Manafort story versus the MSNBC's coverage of the Manafort story. I mean, they couldn't have been further apart. Uh, so you got to do your homework. you got to take in as much information as you can and try to figure out what is and what isn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Manafort thing is that big a deal, but... The MSNBC it is crowd. for Paul Manafort, but oh, for yeah, the nation, he's, no. he's, he's going to spend no. the rest of his life in prison. Unless Trump pardons him. He's and gonna, that'll, be, that'll be controversial. Oh, now that would be a problem. I think that could turn into a problem. And anybody who yells at it, I want to sit down and talk about Mark Rich. It's like we were talking about with the border situation. If you want to debate the policy, that's fine. But your tears streaming down your face moral outrage is hilarious to me when you didn't express it when Barack Obama did it. Mark Rich pardoned by Bill Clinton. What yeah, did I'm Mark sorry. Rich too hip for the room. He, he was a tax-evading, high-level criminal, but he was a big contributor to the Clinton machine. And so on Bill's last day in office, he pardoned him. Which he for gets, crimes against the American people. Which he gets killed for by even liberal pundits. Oh, yeah, it was egregious. It was inexcusable. Well, let's talk about it. Um, I want to talk about that Clinton A&E special a little bit at some point. I watched the first episode yesterday. Yeah, I, it, it's ruined spinach dip for me. <laughs> Judy and I actually had spinach dip on our vacation uh, with the like cheesy spinach. And, uh, Monica thought that's what that was on her dress. I'll tell you what, that uh, that gets way too much attention, the whole Monica Lewinsky part of it. It's a six-part series. I didn't realize that, the A&E thing. It's called The Clinton Affair. And uh, it's really about the whole special counsel Ken Starr investigation, how it got from whitewater to sex and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's hella relevant to the Mueller probe and what's going on right now and what we might get here any day. Sure, the headline, Paul Mueller's tax evasion woes. Yeah. Has practically nothing to do with, you know, yeah. Russian collusion. And it's damn interesting. Anyway, I'll talk about that later. So a story that came out Friday got a lot of news coverage for anybody that's following the news on Black Friday was the headline that the Trump administration has 13 agencies that signed on to a paper that said the U.S. economy will take a 10% hit in the year t- by 2100 uh, because of climate change. So that is an 80-year-out prediction of economics and weather. And tell me what's going to happen next week. Right. And telling me what's going to happen in 100 years putting right. them together. It's just, to me, it makes... I mean, if my... If my um, uh, investment guy told me something was going to happen five years from now, I'd think, that, what? Oh, yeah, that's a stretch. Oh, God, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but 100 years from now, it sounds crazy to me. But we got this text, which I thought was pretty interesting. 
meteorologist here. You don't hear a lot of criticism of the climate reports because it will absolutely destroy your career. Even if you agree with the principle of anthropogenic global warming, that's human beings are causing the world to get warmer. We're certainly contributing, yeah. And I'm willing to believe that's true. Um, I think it probably is. But disagree with the most extreme forecast of its potential damage, you will be tarred and feathered. Perfect example, increased sea surface temperatures lead to stronger hurricanes. But anyone that says it could be somewhat mitigated by other things has been labeled a hack. I need to stay anonymous because it would be bad for my career, which should be doable because you don't know my name. But I have a Ph.D. in atmospheric science. This info is coming from a legitimate meteorologist. If you don't go along with the prevailing wisdom on this thing, you can't stay in your career. I read a great piece about a number of uh, periods in scientific history where that sort of lockstep was enforced. And each and every time it led to terrible results where you weren't allowed to speak out against the, the quote-unquote scientific consensus. That's, and it's worth pointing out, that's the opposite of what science is supposed Absolutely. to be. The so, polar opposite, no pun intended. So who is this guy, Nathan Rothman, that was on Morning Joe? So this is the first time I saw him. Uh, he's, he does some contributing stuff for their various magazines. He's just kind of an okay. analyst for them. Let's play this. That a projection of specific impacts is something we should look on with skepticism because it has been proven in the past that these projections with very specific impacts fail to meet expectations. The IPCC's 1990 report was wrong on temperatures and rates of increase. The 2001 report was wrong about snowstorms being more or less intense than normal. And just last week, we had a consensus opinion about uh, oceanic temperatures rising uh, being retracted, not because of the rigors of peer review, but because a skeptic with a blog observed and dissected the numbers and pointed out the errors in this collective judgment. So so how so then when you get to an 80 year projection of climate and the economy that's that's just craziness to me it is and you're supposed to build policy around it currently you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show